Hey everyone, uh, today I have to warn you, a little bit of a trigger warning. If you are someone who has experienced conversion therapy, I'm going to be talking in depth about my experience with conversion therapy in today's episode. So it may not be suitable for all people. If you need support, please reach out to the show and I'd be happy to help you find support in therapy if you have been a victim of this. Today we're going to talk about that, but a couple announcements before we get into it. Uh, I have some tour dates coming up. You can go to my website, joannawhaley.com, coming to Lansing, Michigan, and Toledo, Ohio this spring. Also in February, February 9th, I have a new EP coming out. And another way you can support this show is by giving monthly. You can go to the show notes and click on support this show. Again, today's subject is going to be very intense. Here we go. Well, yesterday on the show, I talked about some of the uh, the ways in which I began to harm people within ministry. But what you may not have known is that underneath all of that, there was a lot of things going on in the background that were affecting how those decisions were coming about and where they were coming from. And honestly, since I've come out as a transgender person, I've had so many people tell me that they never knew that I was dealing with ABC. Well, it's because as a pastor, as a clergy member of a church, I had to kind of keep the charade going that I was fine, that everything was okay. But I was really wrestling and really struggling with some internal anguish. When I came into my local church, this mega church, I felt safe. I felt like it was a place that I could be myself. And I I talked about this in the last episode. I felt love-bombed. I was being told by everyone how much they would love me unconditionally. And we, we have to understand that this is a, a common practice that happens inside of megachurch, is this false sense of security that is so rampant inside of not just megachurch, but church in general. And it can get to a place of toxic level. This toxicity, uh, this level of safety that I thought I had really proved to fail me in a moment. I was wrestling with hearing each and every week that being queer, being LGBTQ was sin. And my whole life, I had struggled with this idea that I never felt like a man. So what was I to do? Well, I went to my pastors because I thought that it was safe. 
I expected that I would be able to tell them and we would walk through this together. I had been starting to feel when I was early in college that if I could just come out, if I could just be myself, that I would be able to live a healthy life again. So it was a dark evening. I sat down at this round table inside of our church's coffee shop, because there was a coffee shop in our church, because uh, we were a cool mega church. And I basically told the pastors, hey, I, I've never felt like a man. I've always felt like a woman on the inside. And I've been wearing women's clothes, and my only language for it was that I've been cross-dressing, and so I, you know, and and I, I told them I just feel like I need to transition. I need to come out. I need to be myself. And the love that I expected to hear, the unconditional, showed up with conditions in this moment. The conditions were. This is not okay. This is sin. And you need to go see a counselor or we will fire you. So to save my job, to save this new kind of network and community that I had built, I agreed and I went. And this was the first of three rounds of conversion therapy that I went through. It was a dark, snowy night in the middle of February, and I remember walking up to this church. It was pitch black outside. There was no lights working in the parking lot of this church, and here I am walking into like the back bunkers of this church. It was like in high school, there's always that staircase that went to some random place where everybody would go smoke. That was the way I had to come in to this church. So I walk in, I go down these stairs, and I'm sitting in this dingy, dark hallway with like a flickering fluorescent light. And I walk in to the office. And this Christian therapist tells me, that it's time for me to start speaking into existence the victory. So what we did over the next few months was just really lie to the world and present false victory and just pretend that I had been delivered. So from then on, it was like, hey, you're delivered from this. You're no longer a slave to this anymore. God has delivered you. We did some prayer. We did some ill-guided uh, trauma therapy with like childhood trauma therapy, which I, I really believe to this day there was planted ideas and memories that were never there in the first place. And we went through that and I just started to lie and tell people, I've been delivered from cross-dressing. God saved me from my sin. And to protect myself, I doubled down on the LGBTQ is sin idea. And I will never forget this really devoted young guy in our, in our youth ministry ended up going off to college and came out as gay. And I, under a false pretense, said, hey, let's get coffee. I just want to catch up. 
And I showed up and I sat across from him in this park at our, at, at our university. And I said, I heard that you came out as gay. This is not okay. This is sin. And I watched all these years of love and influence just fade away between him and I. I doubled down because I was afraid of being caught myself and outed. After a few months, I, you know, after, well, maybe a couple of years, I, I had ended up just kind of pretending that I was fine and telling my story from stage and on testimony nights and on tour and on mission trips, sharing my story of God delivering me. And it just roared back up again when an ex-girlfriend caught me wearing women's clothes. This time it was a little bit different. I went back to therapy. This time it was about avoidance and masking and pretending it never existed. It was avoidance therapy. All we did in these sessions was pray that God would take it from me and then we would we would do this type of therapy where it's like we're going to pull this demon out of you and we're going to replace it with prayer and the Holy Spirit. And it was really awful. I think I went to see this counselor for about two or three months because the, the way we were working through this was so traumatizing. And one of the biggest things he was telling me was to put on the mask and to just play the part of a man the best I could. So I started growing out a beard. I started, I stopped showering because if I was dirty and hairy, I wouldn't see a female. And then this is where the craziest advice came in. There was a teaching within the church and within this therapy that if I would just find a woman, marry a woman, start having sex, all my problems would go away. So I got married. And because I was counseled not to talk about it, I never talked about it. And the regrets that I have from this moment in my life cannot be overstated. I fell in love with a woman and it was great and we had kids and, but the whole time I never talked about it. This was where I fell short and I fell victim to the system. And I got outed. I got outed during my marriage. And I went back to conversion therapy for a third time. And this time was really different. I would call this round of my, my third conversion therapy like lockdown therapy. It was like prison entry. Everything was locked down. I had to switch to a flip phone so I couldn't access the internet and look at women's clothing. I could no longer travel alone. I could no longer use a debit card I had to use, or I could no, use, no longer use cash. I had to use a debit card so that every transaction was recorded. And if I bought anything, I had to show receipts. I, my location was tracked. 
If my family went into a, a store with a women's clothing section, I would either have to stay in the car or I would have to go to a completely different store just to avoid the section of women's clothes. I was in a prison. I was dying. I was losing myself over the next couple of years. But then it started to get to a point where I just couldn't handle it anymore. I just couldn't take it anymore. I told myself I've got to I've got to heal. This isn't this isn't working. And I had a series of events where I started wearing women's clothes again because I just couldn't handle it. And then I ended up in another version of therapy. This therapy session I fully believed was going to be my fourth round of conversion therapy and in the middle of that session something clicked in my very first visit as I've talked about on the show before but it was actual real cognitive behavioral therapy my therapist a Christian therapist helped me understand and navigate who I am and find the healthiest me he could. I don't know what you have wrestled with in your life. I don't know what you've been told is right and wrong. But if you believe that you were created good by a good creator, trust you. Trust the you inside and be you. I want to thank you for listening today. This is some really intense material, but I believe that there are people dealing with this right now. If you're somebody who needs support because you've experienced conversion therapy or you're currently going through it, go to joannawhaley.com and reach out. I would love to walk with you and heal. This has been a production of Whaley Media. We'll see you tomorrow.